like sucking, but I ain't gay. Legit bad podcast. Fuck those honkies. Welcome back to the show. Nah, nah, nigga. I'm Joe. Jen's here. Ben's here. And Lene's here. Da, 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 da. And as you can see, I got some new Snoop Dogg uh, sound drops, so I might be playing those as we go. But our, our uh, guest today is William Ramsey. But before we get to that, uh, I wanted to let everyone know that one of our listeners, Corey, great friend of the show, we got to meet him a couple years ago. He is not in a good way right now, so send him your uh, your T's and P's, and uh, and that doesn't mean tits and pussies. Although he'd probably you know appreciate that more, but uh, just keep keep him in your thoughts and prayers because he need he needs some uh, some prayers right now. But we love you, Corey. Get better. Anyway, our guest today, William Ramsey investigates, and we talked a little bit before we got together on this call about the O and A because that was something I'd never heard of before I heard you bring it up. So why don't you give everyone a little uh, background on what the order of nine angles is and how you came across all of that stuff. Well, I didn't know much about the O and A really until probably the last two or three years, but it is an organization that came out of the UK, uh, primarily out of the really the far right kind of Nazi national socialist movement. But it was something that came out with the National Socialist Movement and the occult. And so they really started off pre-internet, started creating pamphlets, wrote books like The Sinister Tradition and Zaos, very kind of very obscure stuff, I would assume. All of their stuff was distributed through P.O. boxes and things like that. But they've slowly grown. They've increased their kind of uh, literature. Now it's their literature is in the thousands of pages. But they really came out and, and grew with the advent of the Internet. So I came across them doing my research of what's known as the smiley face killers phenomenon. And so the ONA really is kind of a different strain of occultism, a much more malevolent one, I think, than other ones, because they overtly talk about murdering other human beings. And I think that's a central core kind of doctrine in their in their whole ideology. So that's kind of what draw my interest in, into them because they believe that you're supposed to kind of go out and select a kind of an op, what they would call an offer or sacrifice based upon certain principles that they have to uh, really select the right person to be opt and do it secretly. And so really once I realized what they were, I was following them and there was a lot of very uh, current criminal cases that involved things with the ONA. There were people who were familiar with the ideology who committed crimes. So that's kind of what led to my first this book that I wrote, my most recent book, which is Global Death Cult. So that's kind of a brief overview. So how, how are they different than uh, other satanic or occult groups? Because isn't that kind of a, a familiar theme with satanic groups is that, oh, we do human sacrifice? Yeah, I think that the other ones are kind of secretive. Like I was very familiar with Crowley. I did a lot of research into Alistair Crowley in my first book, Prophet of Evil. So I knew kind of about human sacrifice from him. But I think that what differentiates the ONA maybe from others is really they're making it part of what they would call the septenary way or the sevenfold way to achieving kind of the highest level in the ONA. And the third kind of highest 
scale is you're supposed to find somebody and kill them. So I think they differentiate. And then I have a, a section in the book, a chapter that talks about kind of the letters of Stephen Brown, which is actually kind of a really interesting uh, exchange between the head of the ONA, who most people believe is uh, David Myatt, and he wrote under different pseudonyms, communicating with Michael Aquino of the Temple of Set. And really, they were kind of, kind of uh, differentiating their kind of ideas from each other. And what Myatt said is that you guys are pretending to be Satanists, whereas we are really the part of the true sinister tradition in the sense that killing other people is really the core kind of uh, outlook. So I think that that they, even within this group, they were really trying to differentiate themselves from other kind of strains of occultism, whether it's Temple of Set, Church of Satan, OTO, things like that. And how far back does this go? Is it a relatively well, recent thing or? It's a good question. I mean, I think that the ONA are part of the Western esoteric tradition. Really, that goes back to ancient Greece. So I think that they incorporated all of these kind of esotericism from old kind of classical history and philosophy. But most recently, I think that really the, the head guy, David Myatt, who's from uh, the UK and was part of the what they would call the National Socialist Movement. I think that he incorporated that. He learned actually from the OTO and then really kind of created his own. He's very intelligent, created this own kind of, uh, you know, uh, subsect of, of occultism, which is the ONA. It really started 1980s uh, in the 90s. So I don't, I think it's fairly recent. It's fairly unknown and very underground. The sensibilities are not something where they covet uh, publicity or being popular or anything like that. I think that's another differentiating kind of uh, component or element of their of their ideas that are very different maybe from other people who really want to be out in the public. And that actually yeah. terrifies me a little bit more that they're so covert about it because that means they're probably a little more serious than these, uh, the, you know, the Levian Satanists or these people trying to build Baphomet statues in front of town halls and all that stuff. They're actually all about the, you know, killing people. Ben, sorry, did I cut you off? Oh, no. No, you're good. Um, I did learn today that I guess apparently um, because of their affiliations with several other occult, I think it's called Adam Waffen, um, something like that. And then a few of the other ones that most of them, like it started out with something called uh, British. Um, it was like a military kind of name that it started out with in the UK. They surmised that it very well may have gone all the way back to the 1960s. Um, and I believe it was, they said, 1981, uh, they had determined and kind of wrote it off as a non-serious group. Um, and they had surmised that it only had about 12 members total. And so now, as uh, he said, like it, they've now expanded and they've kind of used the whole, um, you know, riding the wave of like Antifa and several other things to kind of propagate the um and proud boys and you know several other organizations to kind of be like hey we have a home for you here and rather than you know being like you said well they're they are more secretive at the beginning of uh rather than just overtly like hey we're all about human sacrifice and shit like that and then it being a fraud it's more of like a no 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 we're practicing magic and occultism and spirituality to try to draw these people in 
And then once you kind of get initiated into it, um, and I, I know that he mentioned like the third degree or third phase, you know, then they're starting to actually go out and do stuff. But um, they said that now they believe it's in the thousands, but like low thousands. So even still, you know, 40 years, 42 years after the last thing of only 12, um, you know, now it's in the thousands with use of the Internet and all of these, you know, militias and organizations left and right um, kind of spouting up. They did say that it looks as though um, I forget what his other alias is that he's known by. I think it was something. Stephen Brown. And uh, so. There's one other one I can't remember offhand. So. Yeah, it was like Long. I think the last yeah, name was Anton Long. Long. Anton there it Long, is. They uh, they said that it almost looks as though now, looking back with the technology, that a lot of the the material that he wrote or penned or you know that they suggest that he was more than likely the one who do that. It kind of looks like he pulled from like a bunch of different things to make it. And then tried to make it look authentically old, including writing all the way back in Sanskrit to try to, you know, try to make it, you know, look a little bit older and more of a longstanding, revered. um, They diminished and now they're coming back on the rise instead of it being like this brand new kind of thing that he uh, made, which is super interesting. Which is not really uncommon in the occult. They really want to trace all of their work all the way back to the Middle East. Really? uh, Yeah to kind of old Middle Eastern cultures. So that gives you credibility within that kind of group. So it's not unusual, but he does try. He was a very intelligent guy and he was, he was obviously kind of a polymath. He understood where to draw certain things from. And you can see his understanding of Nietzsche, uh, esoteric mm-hmm. Greek history and things like that. He's integrating it into it. But I think it is unique and you're right. It's probably in the small thousands but I do think his ideology has really spread around. Um, they have these things like uh, probably in kind of Intel, they have something called a cell, but within the ONA, they would call it a Nexium. Mm. And you can go back and look. You can actually just trace through their links, and you can see these Nexiums do exist in many, many countries, at least 20 or 30 countries around the world. How influential those Nexiums are is beyond my ability to kind of research it, but there are Nexians that are in Sweden, Russia, Germany, Netherlands, France, Philippines, Spain, UK, US, Canada. So well and they said that the Nexians too, they said they they vary widely in how they practice because some of the Nexians they take the core beliefs of the spirituality and the left hand occultism, uh black magic and all that to a genuine um actual like pagan spirituality with none of really the physicality in it um one of the correlations that they made was that it's almost like the uh, hell's angels mcs some of them you have that you know they're just old timers that aren't into the drugs and into the violence and they go out and they actually support the community and then you have other ones that are hell raisers and still doing all the old stuff that a lot of them like and so it does it does have kind of a draw um where they do have a way to combat the the bad people because of the amount of Nexians that they have that aren't really practicing, uh, you know, some of the uh, traditions, I guess you could say. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it, it could you tell us a little bit about what you found? Because I know that finding all the stuff is a little bit harder um, since it is a relatively new thing in in, you know, 
comparison right. to some of these old religions. What did you find in the way of like concrete evidence uh, of of like the things that they actually do and practice that you could you know look at? Well, there are individuals who have committed crimes who've been arrested. So you can look up these names. Ethan Meltzer, who just got convicted, he was trying to research or contact the Order of Nine Angles to set up his military unit to be annihilated. He wanted to have a mass casualty event. So he was actually in the same uh, jail as Ghislaine Maxwell. So they were really kind of sent through the same kind of shoot into the... Um, into the prosecution. So Meltzer mm. recently got convicted. There was another one, a guy very, something I'm familiar with, William Von Nudigem. And you can read all this in my book. But he was also very much of an ONA practitioner. He did the chants. He had the standard kind of uh, altar or ritual with the same kind of symbol that you see on the cover of my book. So those are two people involved. Another is a guy out of the UK, Daniel Hussein. Uh, he was convicted of murdering two women in a park in the middle of the night. He had signed a blood pact that uh, he made with a guy who had written some of the ONA material. And mm. so there's connect. Those are real world effects. These murders are real world or attempted murders are kind of real world world effects where you can trace their stuff. Ethan Meltzer had a copy of the sinister tradition on his uh, social media. So he, which is a known book of the ONA. So those are kind of real world. Like I said earlier, the Nexians are known. You can go and just look at, oh, you can just go to www.ona09a.org and just look at the Nexians. So it's very much uh, open for people to research how detailed they are and how many Nexians there are. Probably the most well-known is the Temple of Blood out of South Carolina, which was just brought up in the news. And they were very much influential in influential in this group called Adam Waffen, which mm. is why my title <clears> of the book is Order of Nine Angles, Adam Waffen, and the Slaughter of the Innocents, because these kind of occult ideas bled over into the American Nazi or far-right movement. And so that's another one. So a lot of these guys were involved in crimes who were sympathetic to the ONA uh, ideals. And so a lot of them were uh, arrested. They were involved in the largest swatting kind mm. of... Uh, uh, incidences in really in American history. They swatted the head of the Homeland Security. They went after big targets, big heavy-duty targets. And so a lot of them were wrapped up, maybe 10 of them. And the head of Adam Waffen is a guy by the name of Brandon Clint Russell, who last week, literally last Monday, was arrested for plotting to destroy the entire electrical infrastructure of Baltimore. Uh, so shit. Yeah, so he literally, you can look up Brandon Clint Russell he was just arraigned, I think, on the 3rd of February. So this was a guy who uh, some of the members of his group were very much influenced by the ONA. So those are real world, you know, uh, what would you call it? Surfacing of this kind of secret ideology, this kind of occult underground ideology that uses a lot of cryptography. They're actually very skilled at cryptography and huh. uh, keeping themselves secret. And that was one of the things actually that's interesting about Brandon Clint Russell is that somebody was on one of these, uh, you know, secret chat rooms that use cryptography. And I don't, uh, you know, I, I don't know how they got into it, but that's how he got arrested is that he and his girlfriend, her name was Sarah Beth Clint Daniel. Uh, they were chatting about destroying, you know, destroying the 
electrical infrastructure of Baltimore, really trying to throw the whole city into chaos. I'm glad you brought wow. that up, Ben, actually, because that was always my uh, thing I made fun of Satanists and other people for. I'm like, if you're actually doing these sacrifices and shit, you're going to be in jail because you can't just go <laughs> killing people and eating their hearts or whatever you do without somebody catching on at some point. So the fact that there's some, like you said, real world surfacing of this kind of thing is pretty interesting. But have, have you seen any crossovers with government officials Besides them apparently trying to take some of them out, have you ever traced any high-ranking people to this group? No. People have asked me that question before, but I haven't really uh, found anybody really of kind of higher up on the socioeconomic scale. It's usually like younger people or more sophisticated um, intellectuals. Those are the kind of outer heads. I think Myatt was educated at Leeds. But really the most popular depiction of ONA ideology, believe it or not, over everything that they've ever done is Ed Sheeran, the uh, pop artist, what? did a song called Bad Habits. And yeah. uh, mm -hmm. if you've ever saw that video, it's actually yeah. a visual representation of the entire ideology of the ONA and 9A. Very sophisticated. Very so, interesting, too, because if you actually just watch the video as a surface level, like a music video, all it looks like is him turning into a vampire at night and it talking about his bad habits. Could you describe how that's an, how, how it, uh, I can't use the word ideologized, uh, by that video. Yeah. I mean, I think you, I set us an entire chapter in my book describing the concepts and ideology of the ONA in, in, in detail. So the separate thing. So you see vampirism, you see blood drinking, you see possession, you see uh, a different kind of taking on a different persona. And then Bad Habits really follows those lines. You can see at the very beginning, if you watch the video, turn off the, the music, just watch the images. Because uh, Ed Sheeran is taking on the image of a vampire. He's with a squad. They're at night. All the other people are zombies. They're flying. The moon is full. He goes through an entire balloons of smiley faces, which is ties into the smiley oh. face killers. Yeah. And then, um, you know, he, the lyrics are very interesting and very telling. They tie into a lot of the ideas, but basically some of the darker secrets is that you're supposed to be possessed by the dark gods as a, a member of the ONA. There's 21 dark gods. You open a portal and have them possessed in the middle of the night. And so, and, and there's a lot of the rituals actually take place from sundown to sunrise. So you'll see mm. that same thing in Bad Habits. At the very end, his character is a, clearly a vampire. Um, and they like have mock ketchup. There's a lot of symbolism, obviously. Right. But at the very end, the sun comes up, the visage of the vampire drifts away, and then Ed Sheeran's back. It's exactly how the Order of Nine Angles has drafted its rituals for people to actually become these dark gods, yeah. And sacrifice people, so... Well, so that, that's a great segue into, uh, uh, like you said, you have kind of a detailed thing in your book about their core tenets and stuff. But can you just give us kind of a broad idea of some of the, the craziness that they believe in or say they believe in? So they believe they're kind of, uh, what would you call it? Their eschatology or end world is that they're trying to create a dark imperium. And they have connections to 21 dark gods, but they have a 300-year plan. So they're supposed to grow, 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 and kind of become 
a do a new kind of creature, kind of what they would call Homo Galacticus. And the old man, the Homo Huberiati, or these different species that they believe in, are who they are against. And so they are in different stages. According to the founder, Maya, they're at the third stage now, where they've grown in knowledge and have accrued enough followers to really pass on, I mean, to go to the next level, to infiltrate stuff. So that would be their their kind of long-term goals is to be really uh, seed themselves through the universe, uh, through the galaxy, not the universe. But they have different ideas that they believe. And one of them is interesting. It's called an insight world. So you're supposed to gain insight and experience by joining certain groups. So you'll see a lot of followers of the ONA trying to become a member of state security or military or things like that so they can learn how to you know use a gun and things like that so uh one of the insight roles of david Maya, he actually became a catholic priest and so he learned a lot about chanting and the religious kind of uh, rituals of the catholic church and you see that integrated into the ona and eventually he did something that a lot of people would find very odd for a far-right racist is to join radical islam because for him he was learning stuff but the same ideology of radical islam overlapped with national socialism in that they were trying to accelerate the downfall of certain civilizations or societies and create their own in the wreckage so accelerationism is another component of the ona but uh i do a lot of the different stuff you're supposed to kind of have a fake public persona so you kind of camouflage yourself as an ona so you're not overt you don't wear regalia you don't wear the symbol um there's just a lot there. It's very clever. Uh, so whoever put it, devised it, was a person of higher intelligence. Some people, you know, uh, suggested it's something from intelligence agencies or a honeypot. But mm. the ideology itself is very distinct and different from other occult groups in my mind because the way they drafted it, they didn't care if you were a rigid doctrinaire ONA member or you're just somebody who was... Uh, sympathetic to their ideas they didn't they had weird words for people who didn't really want to join the ona they didn't care so the ideology is almost like a software for anybody else to pick up and uh kind of do but yeah ed sheeran's probably the biggest believe it or not the guy who writes kind of uh you know saccharin milk toast uh <laughs> <Yeah>. songs about <laughs> love and stuff like that is actually probably the most potent and far-reaching proponent of ONA ideology. There's another band he worked with is called Bring Me the Horizon, yeah. which has a lot of ideas from them. And then Cradle of Filth, too, has actually been influenced by the ONA. A lot of people don't know that. But the weird thing is that you'll see kind of the uh, ideas of uh, the ONA, the smiley face and things like that, which the ONA is definitely kind of a proponent of the use of that symbol. Uh, distilled through common culture, fashion, uh, this whole Balenciaga stuff, you'll see, yeah, once you're familiar with ONA ideology, you can see how it's been kind of uh, seeded throughout the, the global culture now, which I think was why I titled my book Global Death Cult, because I think culture right now in the past wasn't as, uh, you know, based upon nation. Now I really do think we're in a global kind of culture. So 
I think that that was fertile ground for the ONA ideology. Yeah. So do you think, do you see it growing or spreading more and more? I mean, you called it global death cult. Is it growing like beyond repair? It's a good question. I mean, it's actually come, it's become, it's the ideas have come from the ONA into these different kind of far right groups. And the amount of the influence is really hard to ascertain. But there's been Adam Waffen, Sonnenkrieg, Fewer Krieg, and these different groups. Some of them have been banned in Australia. Hmm. Uh, literally, if you're a member of the group, you can get a 10-year prison sentence just by being a member. So I think it's come to the attention of the authorities that this ideology is dangerous. And a lot of people have been wrapped up uh, by, by the... Uh, the law enforcement authorities and very recently within the last couple of years. So um, I do see that it's influence. I think with just kind of like the head, the road towards nihilism, I think that the global societies are going towards in the dislocation. I think that there will be a lot of younger people who will be attracted to this kind of ideology. So I, th I, I perceive that, the future doesn't. I think it's important to understand this ideology because I, I don't think it's going to go away. Well, in the interest yeah. of that, so what's some of the symbology that we can look at? Um, I kind of saw their little circle with the nine angles in it, or whatever that is. But is there any other? I know you've mentioned things about Ed Sheeran and some other things, but what what are some? Uh, I don't know flags you can see in pop culture or uh, the media that would kind of clue you into that's O and A stuff. It's a good question. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think that Ed Sheeran's a good kind of baseline to kind of understand, like what their ideology: vampirism, kind of a possession, going out late at night, selecting offers. And it is odd too because some of the outer heads of the order were people that you wouldn't really expect. There was a guy who was the outer head of the order was a guy from Texas who didn't have any overt affiliations with the ONA. Another guy was a musician. So it's not, it's not, I wouldn't say that it's really that obvious. Uh, but I do think that there is some kind of strange overlap between the Smiley Face Killers, which I've done two documentaries about, and the ONA ideology. I don't have a lot of fact, uh, evidence connecting them, but I do know that the ONA does use the Smiley Face, which is really redolent. Uh, it's very, it's very much shows up all over the place over the common culture, whether Justin Bieber's wearing it. I just saw a picture of uh, what's it? Harry uh, Harry Styles was wearing having the smiley face, Machine Gun Kelly. So these guys know what it is. Well, it really Lene means just actually, brought up one. She I she think? just saw she, she and she happened to watch the episode today. Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Oh yeah, yeah. they do a, a episode in nineteen ninety nine. Um, what what did you call the the smiley face part of it? I didn't I didn't catch everything oh, you said. The uh, the little bad guys in that one are smiley faced killers who float. They always are in black suits. They're silent. They have a power to take away everyone's voice collectively. And their little henchmen are essentially psychopaths who are in straight jackets with um you know the binding head cover and all of that. And they go find their victims and, I believe, cut out their heart sure. um, at, while they are alive. So I've heard that there's like correlations to really heavy occultism in The Witcher 2, The Witcher series. Yeah. Like they know a lot of that. But I can tell you, like, 
the view of the ONA is that they're against, it's kind of sim, uh, similar to the ancient Greeks where the gods were on Olympus and the underworld was thrust down like Neptune uh, or not. What was the guy from the underworld with the, with the trident? Uh, Neptune? I can't remember. Hades? Anyway, one of the Greek gods. But they believe that, that they're trying to bring those gods back into predominance. So the ONA believes in the water as a kind of sacrificial pool. So there's a lot of water imagery. And in the most recent version, I think it was the series four of Stranger Things, there's like a portal at the bottom of the lake. Um, if you mm -hmm. remember, if you saw that, and I think that's directly out of ONA ideology. This kind of idea of portals and stuff like that is, is in other uh, occult groups, but the ONA is very important. So when you see the order of nine angles, there's seven angles for the planets, and then there's two for openings into the kind of uh, other world. They use the term causal and acausal. That's so what I was causal would about. be our, our material world, and the acausal would be synonymous or similar to the spiritual world. Something about, yeah, opening when they, uh, they're bringing the Imperium has to do with these kind of ritualistic going from the causal to a causal so that they can uh, get those in. I believe Baphomet was one of the ones that they uh, had referenced. Uh, now, I, there, I do have a question. Have you seen any direct links? I had, I had pulled a few of them up of like... Uh, the Black Sun Society, the Thule Society, and the Vril Society, otherwise known as the Veil Society, where coming out specifically more on the on the uh, the Nazi side of it, because um, I know that you know talking about the occult side of it is the one thing, but then there's the whole other side of it, which is the um, white supremacy, um, where they they do not believe in race equality and they do not believe in in gender equality whatsoever. Uh, have have you seen any kind of specific like um, connections to long-standing other societies um, that connect to this group? Yeah, it's a really good question. It's a great question. They believe they're carrying on the National Socialist Hitler tradition. So there's the idea of Crowley, I mean, of uh, Hitler being a antichrist or an avatar. So they are the latter. Hitler is an avatar. So his racism is something that they carry on. So they have, they actually, instead of doing like, you know, 2022 AD from the time of Christ, they do 1889 AF or the year of Phi N or YF, excuse me. So Hitler was kind of like this avatar they admire. So a lot of the ideas are carrying on the kind of national socialist view of the Untermenschen and the Ubermenschen, right? They use kind of different terms. So like I said, homo ubriati and homo galacticus. But there's an us and then there's the them. And we have to get rid of them to get to our utopia, right? That was kind of right. the National Socialist view. Like the Russians and the Jews and the Poles are all in our way. So I think they're carrying on that tradition. Mayad himself was a member of a what was called a gladio unit, also known as a stay-behind unit, which was set up after World War II as a bulwark, a, a kind of secret kind of cell, you know, in case the communists took over. There was a real concern that the communists were going to roll through Europe. They tried to roll through Europe, actually. They were subverted by the CIA and a lot of mm -hmm. conservative groups. 
but he was part of it. It was Combat 18. But while he was at Combat 18, one of the things that he... Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Treasured and I showed in my book is he got a signed copy of a picture of Otto Reamer. And Otto Reamer was actually very much involved in suppressing the attempted assassination and overthrow of the Nazi regime. So that happened in 1944. So Maya had this kind of uh, Nazi genealogy or something where he was really, he knew the whole Nazi history. So he's very familiar with that. So Otto Reamer... It was active in the far-right fascist groups in Europe post-war, post-45, supposedly still, um, you know, equated with Otto Skorzeny and some of these other kind of dark characters. So the ideas of these elite group of these secret groups, like you said, uh, Thule and some of these other societies, I think that they're, the ONA would be carrying on that tradition. So imagine if you, if you look at Mayat's career, you really, the, I think it was National Action was the name of the group in the UK. They tried to achieve uh, popularity. They tried to achieve, uh, through the voting, tried to achieve some type of means to power, right? And I think they only ever reached like 10 or 12% of the vote of people in the UK. So they, because they couldn't get that kind of popular support for the National Socialist Ideas, I think that, in my opinion, he went through the occult route where he was going to further his ideas through other means other than trying to achieve popular power. So I think that that's really so if you really distill or unpack the ideas of the ONA, uh, you see that it's kind of has that same Hitler idea where we're going to select the opera like Mm -hmm. uh, Hitler was going to select the people he was going to get rid of who are keeping us from our racial utopia. You see that same kind of overlap between the uh, National Socialists under Hitler and the Order of Nine Angles. So I think that there is a continuum uh, for sure between that. And they they have all kinds of strange kind of art art that's unusual. Or I think the, I can't remember the guy who tried to overthrow Hitler. There's a picture of Baf, the female Baphomet holding his beheaded head. So it's kind of very strange kind of fringe sensibilities i think the guy's name who tried to overthrow hitler in operation valkyrie his name was um it'll come to me von something but so they, yeah. they were kind of like carrying on this whole nazi us against them like i'm part of the nazis and all these other people were trying to subvert our attempt at uh national socialist utopia or world conquest 
Well, so guess, yeah, I do think they're carrying on that tradition. No doubt. I guess apparently when you're talking about the opfers um, and doing these ritualistic uh, sacrifices and whatnot, one of the things they had mentioned about weeding out, you know, basically the undesirables carrying on the idea that anybody who goes against them is, you know, vermin, uh, subhuman, whatever you want to call it, uh, that they would consider during, I believe they called the ritual of once they've selected not for uh, the calling or the uncalling or the something calling, like that. Calling, C-U-L-L-I-N-G. Yeah, that's what it was. And it's they a said husband, that... It's a husbandry term. So it's like a term oh. that you would use if you were breeding sheep or goats or cattle. Yeah, they said that basically there's a few different ways that they will select who they want. And I um, one of one of them, they said, you know, this can't be verified by anybody else other than the members that they had talked to. Um, and of course, usually that is like third generation stories of what did happen, this, that and the other. But they had been able to whittle it down to um, a couple of different ways that they would select it. And I guess one of them was uh, they would send one of the uh, female members out. And what they would do is they would publicly try to select a male uh, to go out on a date. And if they uh, accepted, they would try to meet up with them in a, like a more obscure location. And they would plan on, as soon as he was going to approach her, to other members posing as attackers um, to go try to accost her. And they would look at whether or not he would run to defend her or not. And if he didn't, they looked at it as like strike one weakness. And so then they would set up another test. If that if they felt like that wasn't good enough or they might be in doubt, they would come up with another test. And if they failed that test, they considered them subhuman and more weak and therefore an acceptable offering as an op for. And I'm like, wow, that's really in depth. <laughs> right. No, it's very strange. It's a kind of a different ideology. It's very, I've never come across anything like that, but they have also these kind of learning parables, like almost like a fable where they, it's clearly fiction, but they're trying to teach you how to go through that or trying to teach a member how to go through that process. And it kind of directly kind of overlaps this whole smiley face killers where a lot of the people who are dying, are there's a, more, a higher majority of Christians or people that the ONA would call Nazarenes. Right. You know, people who are part of the book. Um, so it's very strange. Like, and there's a, and there, and all the, the stories of the ONA take place at night. It's never during the day. And the same thing with the smiley face killers deaths. They're always at night in some bar. So it's a very premeditated and, and thought out then. Right. So like, think about somebody who's really thinking about it. Somebody who's right. sober, but also, most men would have probably lower their defenses if some woman was talking to them, right? Right. Like most men would be th maybe threatened with other men or a group of other men, but if it's a woman, maybe they would the opposite. And I mean, some of these somebody's done research into the real members of the ONA. There's a lot of underground researchers. I'm just kind of one who's uh, writing a book, but there's a lot of internet sleuths out there, and they've looked into some of these members and you would not you would not trace you would like maybe it's very easy to discern a witch or uh 
Anton LaVey, who's kind of a caricature, caricature of a mm-hmm. Satanist. Some of these would definitely fool you. They are some of them are very attractive. Uh, yeah, you would like if you saw like they're attractive different people. They're not what you think. They're not yeah. what you I think. Mean, that, like uh, that makes you know, sense. Al scrawny. Yeah, hey, L- Lucifer is supposed to be the most beautiful angel, right? I mean, it's not what well, you'd you expect. Go. It's not this evil guy with horns. No, it's a nice looking dude or chick on the street that just looks go. normal and they're evil as fuck. You never know. The, like well the, the the first two steps are very vigorous athletic things you're supposed to like bike mm. like three or 35 miles or run something so these not what you expect kind of maybe the uh internet you know marauder who's insulting people who's overweight <laughs> i've seen some of these guys like one of the guys i'm pretty sure who's uh no one a knows the stuff is like a very strong weightlifter like you would not put him into that thing and the 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 ideas are sophisticated they're not some for somebody who may you know uh be more uh comfortable with like a card like a comic book it's not like that the ona is very clever and thought out and somebody who's been lettered or somebody who's been to college who's who's familiar kind of with classical history so it's very unusual it's not it's not like the you know, Church of Satan or or even the Temple of Satan, those types of people. It's not very the, obvious. The mainstream media idea of what a devil or Satanism right. is. Yeah. So exactly. you've been yeah. uh, bringing up the smiley face killer. So get, give us a little background on that. I never know what our listeners know about or don't know about. So give us a little bit of background on the smiley face killings and how that ties into the ONA, besides what you've already done. Well, it may. It may. I don't have any proof. I only have the evidence that I can show the ideology is very curiously overlaps possibly between the ONA ideology and what's happening. Smiley face killers is a fairly recent phenomenon, much like the ONA of young men being out, uh, being out at night, being separated from friends, either being dosed with GHB and then disappearing later to be found in water. And oftentimes the times that they're found in water are not consistent with accidental drowning. Typically a body, after a search will be found in two or three days, bodies float and things like that. It's just kind of this natural kind of process of decay. So some of these uh, found and it really got its name from the two original researchers. His name was Gannon and Gilbertson. Gannon was a New York cop. Gilbertson is a professor of criminal criminology, I think in um, Wisconsin. So they came together. They both saw this phenomenon separately from each other, and they came together and researched, and they called it the smiley face killers because there was a correlation between these disappearings and drownings and finding this symbol of the smiley face. Either Most likely, most of them were spray-painted in, or, in a weird orange kind of uh, neon color. But they wrote a book called Case Studies in Forensic Drownings. It covered 14 cases. So that's how it got its name. And there were other researchers. There were people who researched it who were on coast to coast. And it was kind of like an urban myth. I thought it was an urban myth. Um, And when I was researching my book, Children of the Beast, all these characters that I was studying, there was a smiley face associated with them. So it's obviously just like pattern recognition for me. So I'm studying a guy like Genesis P. Orridge or Alan Moore, who did The Watchmen, and you see the smiley face in there. Like, what does this smiley face mean? Why is it associated with acid house music? What does this symbol mean? 
And so it led me to research kind of the smiley face killers back in 2016. The first case that I really studied was a guy by the name of Joey Labute out of uh, Columbus, Ohio. Somebody sent me something within the last week that there have been more recent cases. It's still, the phenomenon is still out So that led me to kind of research, and I put out my first documentary. It's three and a half hours, very long. It was called Smiley Face Killers, Who Was Abducting, Drowning, Torturing College-Age Men in the U.S. and U.K. That was 2017, and then I did a follow-up over COVID in 2022 titled Smiley Face Killers. The global slaughter continues because it's happening all over the world. UK. Where can we find these? uh, Vimeo. You can just look up Vimeo. Vimeo, okay. Yeah, my first one is on Amazon too. They're not they're not super well produced, but there's a lot of information. And I think when you get done, uh, you'll see that there's this phenomenon. There, I, I think the first one I include 88 cases, and the second one was like over 40. So I have 120 cases. There's probably 220 other cases in there. There's been other researchers. I would recommend people check out Jim Smith, Smiley Face Cult on Twitter. He's really on top of all these cases. But that's really the fun. Something is happening. It's very mysterious. It doesn't make sense. Why is this happening? But these men, people are saying they're just accidentally drowning, but nobody ever sees them drown. Nobody ever sees them. John got got out of, you know, PJ Halligan's, had 10 drinks, and I watched him walk to the river, and then he fell in, and I saw him swim to his death. That's never happened. What happens is, is they leave the bar, they're puking. There's a car following them. There's creepy people following them. There's women uh, following them. Then they disappear, and they're later found 5, 10, 15, 20 days later in some pool of water. It, that sounds really, uh, that are, get this, really... There are places previously searched. Places previously Like a missing searched. 411. That's exactly yeah. where I was going with that. It sounds really indicative of a missing 411 type of thing. Yeah. Polides is, uh, t- takes a different take than I do. I think that his view is that uh, uh, you know, Bigfoot is kind of like involved. I'm like more human actor, but the real the mystery is the motive. Why would somebody want to do that? I also followed another case, which I recommend people check out. His name is uh, Dakota James in Pittsburgh, PA. Clearly, a abduction and murder, and a really good writer. Her name is Nicole Wisensy Egan. Wrote about him. But it seems like he was selected for this type of uh, hmm. horror show type of murder. And that clearly, it's clear to me that they're kept somewhere for some time alive. Right. And uh, uh, there's been a, a very noted, famous forensic pathologist by the name of Cyril Wecht. who's looked into two of the cases. One is Dakota James. The other is, uh, I think his name is McLean out of New York City. But he's like found things that the forensic investigators overlooked. Like this guy, Dakota James, had a literal, like, garret, like uh, rope burns around his neck that the uh, original medical examiner overlooked or didn't notice. And uh, Dakota James was found 40 days later in almost perfect condition. So he did not have any kind of, like, uh, evidence of his body decaying at all. So where was he for 35 days? Right. So this is, people have to, men really have to be careful. Women are always careful. But men think that they're, in, uh, you know, not above it all. They're not victims. It's not true. So that's really the smiley face killings in a in a nutshell. There's a lot more to it, but well, that's, it's a that's modern. Up. I'm not going to be able to go to Walmart anymore without seeing a smiley face, and then trying to hand one to my kid and be like, "No, 
yeah if they hand you a drink don't drink it uh <laughs> keep keep uh you know your uh your cup protected just like women do there's right. a lot of the, those two guys gilbert and gannison like garris uh, sorry gilbertson and gannon i think half of their cases the men had ghb in their body which is a known narcotic where people forget stuff and uh, so men are getting drugged too and i live in la where there's an epidemic of people getting drugged in bars and getting rolled or getting their money stolen just horrible stuff huh. so uh, you got to really watch out for your bartender and stuff like that too yeah, yeah it's uh, crazy I did... joe did it's you have crazy. a question i was gonna oh no no go for it so when i was looking at this i was shocked um i was looking up for after i listened to because i was at work just listening to the podcast trying to get information on it and uh, when i got home i started looking up um youtube videos to actually see some well-made documentaries on it uh the bb the bbc did one um i didn't see the timestamp, but they did one on it um about a kid that got wrapped up online end-to-end encryption app like you were talking about i think the one that they said they were using was telegram and uh, the person that recruited him, which, again, was just an online caricature, ended up being younger than the guy he recruited. He was 15 and uh, they couldn't they couldn't put his name out, obviously, because he's a minor, but he already had pled guilty. And I guess, according to them, the way that the trial went was that he 100 percent owned everything they were charging him on. And even at 15 was like, yes, this is my mission. This is what I'm doing. And I was like, oh, shit. So I started looking at these other videos. Well, one that was a little less known that you could tell on YouTube hadn't been watched as many times. I'm watching this. It's only like four minutes and 30 seconds. It was another uh, investigative journalist like yourself that was trying to kind of research some of the stuff that was happening that he saw um, that he thought could be tied to the ONA. The comments are what got me. So I'm looking at the comments and the top one is order of the nine angles is not neo-Nazi. Another one, I've studied ONA material for many years, but have never had any actual contact. From reading and practicing some of their writings, though, I think it can be very much misunderstood in the same way the writings of Aleister Crowley, etc., all are. Another gentleman said that he has been um, in the ONA. He's been a part of the ONA for over 14 years. And in like every sacred book, there's things that you agreed with and things that you don't. So a lot of these people that had gotten on this particular video, which is only like four minutes and 35 seconds, um, they are talking about how they've either been in a cell uh, of the ONA or, or Nexian or whatever they call it, and they have been practicing, if not in a cell, they've actually been practicing the teachings from this. So when you see those numbers of like, you know, members are, th- are you know, in the low thousands, but they've already even on Wikipedia, which obviously I don't trust for everything or almost anything, but they've already been listed as a domestic terror organization pretty much globally. Um, I know you mentioned that, you know, in some places you can actually get sentenced just for being a member. But what terrifies me is the fact that those are just the members that that's just the people that are loud and proud about, you know, fully embracing everything. But even just on a small video like this, comment after comment of people for years now that have been at least practicing the religious part and spiritual part of the teachings as another avenue of occultism. I found that absolutely shocking because yesterday when Joe brought this up, 
I, I had never heard of it. Like Joe said, he had never heard of it. And so even in just today, reading about it now is I'm like, how, you know, you hear of other secret societies, the well-known ones, the ones that are the up and comers, but then you go online and I, one that I had never heard of before that is clearly been denounced by virtually everybody in, in a uh, professional setting or in a, in an authority setting, you have multiple people saying, oh yeah, we've been practicing that for years. It's a, uh, you know, it's great. It's totally misunderstood. It's not neo-Nazi. It's not this, that, and the other. And totally so I think it might be actually people. a lot more widespread. Yeah, I, exactly. So they're not killing people. That's great. But that's what makes me think that they're pulling people in with the spiritual side of it. Um, and then once they get, you know, the idea, the ideology in there a little bit, if they want to become members, well, they're going to be a lot more, uh, you know, receptive to maybe going out and acting on it. But how widespread it was that people are defending this makes me think, I think they have a lot more followers than the low thousands. I think those are just the members. Uh, your guess is as good as mine. I don't know. I wish I knew. But that's kind yeah. of the scary thing is the ideology allows for that. And a lot of stuff is secretive. Like you can go look at the writings. Like I call this girl, Chloe. Some people say they know her name. You might have watched her on a news show. Uh, you might have watched her on a sports show, actually. But she uses at the end of her missives the PGP key, right? So they're using, you know, probably the government could probably break it. But the average person couldn't. What, so what, what is that? To... Go ahead and explain that. Explain what? Well, like the, how a PGP works or how you could... Yeah, I don't even know, I don't even know what that is. Okay. So PGP is pretty good privacy, right? So it's oh. a different, it's a higher level um, krypton, or, you know, it's like a supposedly unbreakable, like it would take you forever. Uh, the average person, you would need tons of computers, but, uh, you know, I don't want to give the governments away, but they have, <laughs> they have a huge, they have like, you can brute force a lot of stuff in the government's background. Like they have football sized fields of the highest powered computers. So PGP is very sure. easy for for me for them to crack is my understanding so i've heard i don't know i could be wrong but um you're yeah, probably right yeah. yeah but yeah, yeah. But one well, button for that. privacy yeah so p they're, so they're, they're sophisticated enough to use this kind of secretive ways of things and i show in my book they're clearly uh transnational they're people from different right uh jurisdictions communicating with each other and liking each other's stuff and talking with each other so um, the numbers of how many people have been influenced influenced by the ONA, it's remarkable. Like you would know, like there was a far left. I don't know what you guys' political orientation is, but there's a far Nothing. left, a farther left. I'm not either. I think it's kind of silly, but yeah, uh, there's a farther left um, group. I forgot what their name. It's like where the the fascist never ends. But they did a whole thing on this ONA influence group in Montenegro. You know, it's kind of like the middle of nowhere, but there's this kind of group that started their own ONA chapter in Montenegro and tried to kind of do a kind of weird Gnostic offshoot of Christianity with ONA involvement. And it's really interesting. And so it just shows how strange the modern world is with these new idea variants and things like that, where, you know, the, the original stuff's in English, somebody translated and ended up in Montenegro. That's just one example. There's clearly ONA influenced crimes in Russia, um, mm. in strange places you wouldn't imagine. I mean, there's probably things that have happened I don't even know about because the crimes aren't 
they're not investigated by the authorities as an ONA influenced crime. Like, I mean, for a perfect example is what happened in Moscow, Idaho. That guy who killed four people. What was his name? Um, oh, oh, shoot. Yeah, that was, uh, that, that was like a month ago, right? Yeah, so he knew certain things. He had the one-figure salute. He understood the whole thing about the Tesseract, which is the square mm-hmm. and the square. This guy was... Uh, my mind seemed more sophisticated than just an average kind of like rage killer who, you know, uh, blow a few blew a fuse and did something. He was a thinking killer. He had a, he was added for his doctorate in criminology, so what? he might have known. Him. Yeah, yeah. What was his name? I can't remember. Shoot, it's terrifying when you see <laughs> academics like that that get involved in it because it's, those are not your average Joes. You know, like you said, they're not rage killers. They're not. Uh, random acts of violence it's like no no no. these are guys that they, they don't think they, they're not only thinking like they know how to and that's the terrifying part is a lot of people that do premeditated stuff it's like still fueled by an emotion of i have this target and I'm, i just i need to go kill him but like these guys so far from you know whether it be the smiley face killers or now this guy which i didn't even know about it's like they're not just thinking about it they know how to do it they yes, know how right. to think to where it's under the radar Good. Oh, I was going to say so, scho- scholarly right. crime is the worst kind of crime because it's fucking yeah. terrifying. Yeah, the psychology behind the people that join That's this amazing. type of organization is so scary because typically, like you were saying earlier, it sounds like people who would live in their mom's basement, be overweight and gross and just not be accepted <laughs> by anybody in society. So they feel privileged to be a part of something. And it sounds like these people are conscious making a conscious choice to join this organization with their intellect good looks skills whatever they have they're making that choice consciously they're not seeking out someone to hopefully accept them they're like i want to be a part of you that's so scary right yeah they're not that disen- they're not that disenfranchised minority pull right. yeah like a lot of people right have. it's Dun- not Dungeons the stereotype. dragons i totally yeah. agree with that and i've looked at these some of these guys in detail it's not your stereotype they're sophisticated thinkers. It's a different thing. That's what's dangerous about the ONA. The guy's name was Brian Kohlberger. But go look at the Moscow death of some kid six months before that left a bar and was found in a pool of water, like within a half a mile of where the Moscow murders uh, happened. Never solved, but also very much fits the profile of a smiley face type killer where a young man disappears from a bar later to be found in a pool of water that he never should have drowned in. It was literally like a stream, like two feet deep. But the police were very comfortable to call it an accidental death. I wonder wonder what Joe said earlier about it being, uh, you know, a little bit higher in some of the political or geopolitical, uh, you know, stratuses. It, It almost makes me think, you know, with the officers in all of these cases, even with a substance in their bloodstream, uh, you know, shallow things that they shouldn't have drowned in, you know, drunk guys taking a piss, he falls forward, can't get up. Okay, I, I get, I get mentally the plausibility to that kind of an argument, but when you have experienced detectives that are looking at this and some of the details that you've pulled out that don't make sense to it, I'm like, it makes me wonder why they would be comfortable. Just saying, I mean, I know that for them, it's case closed. We solved it, you know, shuffle it away. But you would think that with weird shit like that, it would want to well, dig that's a little why deeper. I, 
That's why I was asking if he drew any, uh, you know, tracings to bigger names. And it actually kind of frightens me more that you haven't, because that means <laughs> it's, it probably is more, you know, inundated in there than we'd know, because they, they're, the they are way better at keeping that shit on the down low. You know what I mean? So if they were practicing right. this shit, you would never know about it. They're like, no, it's just these crazy you know, fat Dungeons and Dragons guys. It's not us. Right, but that's that's part of their ideology. I think they call it within the ONA scrunching where you're supposed to put on kind of a mask of normality. But look up this case in Idaho. His name was Hudson Lindow. L-I-N-D-O-W. Died May 2nd, 2022. Found in a creek. This is a standard SFKMO. Disappeared from a bar. Found. Then they say not suspect foul play. That's very strange. You don't kind of just fall into water and then drown. Typically people, even drunk people, get up or do something. Like, But that creek was like two feet deep. It's not water. I mean, you can look. You should watch my SFK documentary because some of the stuff is like absurd. Anyway. That was yeah, the one that it. I just yeah, clicked on, yeah. Yeah, I was just pulling up this the first uh, article I found. But yeah, yeah it's accidental drowning of course yeah it's very sus so that could be connected to brian colbert i wouldn't know but it, those are two strange deaths very close to each other and i think that you could throw a stone from where he was found to where those four girls were found oh yeah. how would they not make that connection good question i don't know oh, somebody's on the fucking payroll uh, but cops, that's the whole thing that's the busy. whole that's the whole part of the sinister tradition is that you're supposed like these guys are supposed to get away with the perfect crime. That's what Daniel Hussein said. Go look up Daniel Hussein, D-A-N-Y-A-L. He said, I'm going to commit this crime and not get caught. Look at Cremo. Look at Cremo. He could have been influenced by the ONA. He dressed up as a girl. Like he did the shooting spree. He had the smiley faces and everything. And then he was when he got busted, they like caught him on uh, CCTV camera as a, you know, in makeup and a wig. It's like it's like Fight Club. First rule of Fight Club is you don't say anything about Fight Club. It's like once once you get in, once you get in, it's like okay, act like now that you don't do anything about this. Cover a dark. That's a good question. How much did Pally and Nakano know about the MMA? You want to talk about yeah. people who have been busted? Go rewatch that whole movie when they're doing Operation Chaos and the smiley face pops up on the on the big building. Go watch. Oh that. fuck. Wow. Yeah, it's like after you do your first murder, then you're in and now, you know, you're protected or we'll we'll cover it up or who knows how these fucking things run. But do well, look up Jared Leto's look up Jared Leto's career. Type into Google Jared Leto smiley face. It oh, gets really? pretty deep, guys. It gets really deep. Yeah. yeah I have to do that really another deep. night. I already have too much of this noodling around up there. I know. And now we give <laughs> guys, I got to cut it short. I wish I could talk to you more. Let's I do a not... part two sometime. No, for yeah, sure, dude. I was just going to... Yeah, I was just going to wrap up. I saw the time. And okay, uh, tell perfect. tell everybody where they can find you and all of your stuff. Yeah, my website is William Ramsey Investigates. You can buy books there. You can listen to my podcast. I have tons of, po of podcasts on the Smiley Face Killer, so you can listen there. It's William Ramsey Investigates. I'm in the top 0.5% of podcasts in the world. Nice. And cool. all my books are available on Amazon, or you can get signed copies, like I said. And then my uh, documentaries, I have five documentaries on Vimeo, but you can watch the original Smiley Face Killers documentary on Amazon. And I'm putting out, uh, I have an Indiegogo for my next documentary on Global Death Cult. So I'm going to do a visual version of my book and put out a second version of my book, which I didn't include 
a lot of the stuff from Ed Sheeran. So I will have a much more thorough second book done, hopefully by very soon, really June, uh, April or May for sure. So awesome. awesome. Well, thanks, dude. And that, yeah, that Ed Sheeran stuff is crazy. So that gives, uh, you know, the listeners something to, to think about. Go, go watch that. Video watch it. Too. No, watch, watch him on the British. I think it was the British version of the Grammys. He did the song on the Grammys too. watch for the imagery, watch for his connection to, and look into bring me the horizon and look into cradle of filth. Look at those, the ideologies there. So you want to talk about people that might be more famous that aren't involved in criminality, criminality, but might be influenced by ONA. I would say that would be a good place to start. At least on the artistic side. Yeah. But thank you. William. We appreciate you. Um, and just, just a note to the listeners before we get out of here, um, if you're looking into an ideology that tells you you should kill people and stuff, probably not a good thing to be into. Yes. Okay? Just don't just stay away from that shit. All right. Have a great night, everyone.